It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Panther Pre. I'm your host, Jacob Langston. And here with me is my co-host, TJ Peterson. Potentially joining us later is Alex Lopez, but as of right now, we are unsure of that. And joining us today, you've heard his voice a lot over the past few weeks, especially if you've been at Florida Panthers home games. PA announcer for the Florida Panthers, Andrew Ember. Andrew, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I, I hope you've let your voice get a little bit of a rest with the Panthers on the road. Because <laughs> you have been busy. One of my favorite things of this whole stretch has been all the memes that are starting to come in about me. Like, I got people with the bench press and the casket gif and all this stuff for my voice and my vocal cords. It's, it's been kind of funny, honestly. I've, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> has, has this been one of the more fun, like, non-playoff stretches that you've been uh, the PA announcer for? I'd easily, easily. The only thing that even comes close would have been that 12-gamer that we had back in, like, 15, 16. But other than that, like, this is, this is probably better than that, honestly. Like, it, uh, it's been fun and comfortable and what's that cj well i was gonna ask what's more hectic for you when you're announcing a bunch of goals or when it's like a donnybrook and you have to announce a bunch of penalties uh it depends i would normally say penalties um if the goal judge falls behind sometimes it is goals get a little (laughs) more stressful because you don't want like they can get canceled out if we score and they score It, it can get a little bit messy in those situations but yeah honestly it's the mix of everything. It's when there's like a Panthers goal, a road goal, then there's a fight, then someone takes a minor and you're like waiting for the first call to come in. And yeah, those are the worst when it's, when it's just everything. How often does something like that really happen though? Where it's Very like rarely. All four things at once. Like very that, that rarely. full house of calls. But I feel like it did very recently, but it's very rare. <laughs> there was, there was the, you know, I guess there was the one with the, with the Gudis, uh, the Gudis goal and fight. Yes. Um, th- that was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably, yeah. One of those. <laughs> I, I, I just remember you tweeted something during one of the games recently where like you got your goal announcement was interrupted by the next goal. <laughs> yes. That's been happening more lately as well. Oh, it's, it's a great thing to see. It's uh, you know, I think maybe you and your voice are the good luck charm for this team and why they don't do as well on the road. Uh, in the wins column because you're not there to announce the goals that's going to be my new my my working theory i mean <laughs> if y'all want to give me credit for things i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue i'm just i'm just gonna take it so you know so is, is there is there a goal or a sequence or something like that that's been like the most fun for you to call uh obviously i mean like a few years ago the answer was we asked you and the answer was like the yager 1888 and I mean, there, I know there are different answers every every season, but over this last stretch, this eight game home 
uh, home stretch or seven or eight game home stretch. Has there been anything uh, that really has stuck out to you as a call? Well, I mean, it's tough, right? Because like you're comparing that to obviously history. And then some of my other favorite calls are, you know, in games where we've been trailing like four, nothing. And then we come all the way back to score and, and, you know, win it in overtime or something. And there's just something incredibly hectic, but in so many of these games, it's like six, nothing. And it's just like, it, this team is a juggernaut a lot of nights and it's, it's wild and it's amazing and it's fantastic. And, uh, I mean, I would have to think a little bit about that, but I can't say there's been a moment where it's like, oh, this is an all-timer right here because it's it's just been like, you know what it is? It's almost, it's business-like because it, it's almost like, you know, obviously everyone was was really upset with the, the Tampa series last year. We wanted to get through the first round so bad. I know how bad, we all wanted it so bad, but it's almost like it's what this team needed to just like say, all right, that's it, we're done. And and now it's like, we're, we're coming for you guys this year kind of thing. So, I mean, if that's what came from that, then, then obviously it was a good thing. But, I mean, like, they, they really seem like they're on a mission this year. And when a team's on a mission, they can be really scary and dangerous. So, I mean, I'm just – I'm so excited. I'm, I'm literally just like – sometimes when these road trips are coming now, it's like, okay, you know, this is fine because when we come back, it's going to be late January or it's going to be February. Or then when that, the break's over, it's going to be almost March. And then it's, you know, then you're really gearing up for the special time of the season and it's going to be jumping. And But honestly, it's been jumping now. Like one of the things that I've really noted is just like how much fun every game has been. There's the wave every night. There's, we're waiting for Mambo number five because we're always scoring <laughs> five goals. Sometimes in the first period, it seems like. It's just, everything is just so much fun. The atmosphere is great. The crowds are great. They're into it. They're, they're having fun. It's just a great atmosphere. And, and it's because this team is so good. And of course, you you wrote your own rendition to the Mamba Number <laughs> Five uh, for the Panthers. Would One you be willing to perform that live? Or I guess not live, <laughs> recorded on pod. The answer can be no, Andrew. No, what? definitely not tonight. No, no, no. I, I don't have that. I, I'm not quite no, a freestyler. That's, that's an Ember. That's an Ember voice Twitch stream for sure. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'll have to work on it. I'll have to practice it. But that was one of my proudest moments. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you how need about, a session we drummer want ten and bassist. Jake, do you think you could lay down the bass in the Mambo number five? I mean, I can, the I can rock the bass if you need me on I, guitar, I, if you need me on piano. I mean, my, my bass is, is five feet away from me. So, I, okay. I, so, Ember's got bass. So, why don't you yeah. be, get on guitar, Jake? That'll work. Oh, there you go. I got I got two of my babies right there. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so, you know what? Look look out, everyone, because we're going to get the, the Panther Puri Ember voice Mambo number five performance yeah uh, at some point there we go <laughs> we're gonna have to find a recording studio in, in our uh, our neighborhood yes. figure all that out yes i think one one goal call that i think i'm particularly excited to hear eventually is when the panthers do inevitably score 10 goals in a game i think that the pop on that 10th goal is going to be incredible they're waiting for it you know yeah. the crowd's ready for it and that that call whoever scores that that goal that call's got to be something real special <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed <laughs> that's gonna be a really fun one yeah i predict it will be only you levy that finally gets us over that 10 goal hump you know yeah. what for the as his first goal as a panther that feels like it'd be fitting <laughs> andrew what about like th- there's one one call i've also been not less of a call more of just a general announcement uh starting lineup we're going back a couple of weeks here but uh, you were able to announce a starting lineup that included Chase Prisky uh, yes. as a homecoming. How did that one feel? That must have been fun. 
the Junior Panther uh, in front of his family and his friends at, at FLA Live Arena. What was that one like for you? That was special. I can't lie because, you know, my story is very much, I have the, the pictures of me when I was three years old or five years old in a Panther shirt. So like, I very much relate to, you know, growing up with the team and then making good on that and, and getting to do what you love for your team. Obviously you can't compare announcing to actually being that pro athlete, but it's still something super special. So his story is very relatable. Um, and it's, what's exciting is that, you know, it's just the start, right? You know, that um, youth hockey in South Florida is only getting bigger. Um, and it, it, you're just going to get more and more of these stories, but for, for him to, you know, get to come up with, with us of all teams, like, yeah, that was something special for sure. And you know how just jacked and excited his family was. So, I mean, like that, that's just so exciting. It'd be fun if Prisky somehow was the one who scored that 10th goal in the game. <laughs> that would be, that would be something special. There you go. <laughs> I'm here for it. So, I, I imagine now uh, for, for a while, they had you kind of locked away, blocked off from everyone else, but now you uh, you're back in the booth where you belong. And so you're, you're right up close, right up on the ice. No, you're, you're not back yet. Oh. No, we, we actually went the other way. So interesting. Um, last season I was in the middle uh, or during the, co- the, the super COVID season, I was in the middle of a suite. <laughs> in, right. I mean, we got to clarify this. Point. Yeah, I guess so. I was in a, in, literally in a suite um in the middle and now this year i'm actually in the press box this year oh, so I, I went upstairs yeah okay so less up close and personal more, more bird's eye of everything going on so so i guess that's actually a good question that uh, that i'd love to hear your take on what so so what's different to you about about being able to see the entire ice from the bird's eye view from that pa perspective rather than being right up on the glass yeah, there's major differences for sure. Um, it is more difficult because there's no contact with the officials. There's no contact. You know, I used to be sitting next to off ice. The ref would come up. If they didn't announce the penalty or the mic failed, they could tell me what was going on kind of thing. There have been a couple of miscommunications this year. I'll be the first to admit where we announced maybe the wrong player because it wasn't communicated that, oh, this guy got injured. So this guy took his place in the box. Or either, I think there was even one time where it was on the goalie and because there was no one to relay me that the goalie took the penalty, I announced it as the player who was sitting in the penalty box. So yeah, there are definitely perils that come with not being anywhere near the action and not having a spotter and not having anyone to really help me through the process. Um, but 99% of the time, it's fine. Um, and from a bird's eye view perspective, yes. Like I, I was the season seat holder. I was never downstairs. I was always either upstairs or in the club or something. And I always loved having that view from the top kind of thing so for me as as a student of the game I love it I love seeing the play develop I love seeing everything from end to end you don't lose the puck in the corners because you're so close to the glass um so as an actual seat and as an observer I actually think it's a better seat in a lot of ways yeah Um, but the chain of communication is very difficult um and there's a lot of you know there's phone calls here video goal judge got to call me I have to call down to the penalty box sometimes if it's a confusing series of penalties. So um, it is more difficult, but it is, I think, a better seat overall. Yeah. I was actually having a, a similar conversation with some family and I were going to, I had some family visiting from out of town. We were, we were going to go to a game together uh, and they, they asked me, so, so what are the best seats? Like we should get like, where, like, where should we sit? And I was like, you know, it's, it's not always right up on the glass. That's not always the best seat. 
because uh, I guess the the initial question was we don't want to sit behind the goals, right? And I and and I answered like actually sometimes it's kind of fun because being able to get that north south perspective and really see the the shape and the formations and how everything flows that way is is sometimes that can be a more interesting way to look at it than just the east west play where you don't where you can't really keep the sh- you don't really see the shapes as well you don't really see the formations as well it's a, that's an interesting thought it's been a long time since i've had the north south because i i was the same mentality or anything right. but goal zone anything but goal zone please like take hmm. take me anywhere but there but that's actually an interesting perspective and yeah i've since i've either been in the box uh, a, a midpoint suite or a press box I've always been East-West. And so it's been a long time since I've seen the game from that. But yeah, that's an interesting point. You do see the formations that way, yeah. Yeah, well, when you're that high up, East-West versus North-South doesn't really matter because you kind of get to see the play take shape either way. But that was was also part of that conversation. It's like, how close should we be? Well, not so close that you get distorted by the glass because, yeah, there there is that sweet spot. I think it's like so, row 20, row 25, something like that. I I, I think row 14. Uh, okay. If you're going east-west, row 14 is my favorite, personally. That's really specific. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was in row but, 12 once, too close. Row 16, too far. You joke? <laughs> I don't love row 12. I, like four, it's okay. It's like 14 and up basically gotcha yeah for 14 to me is just that sweet spot that's like close enough that you feel like you're still a part of everything but nothing's obscured nothing's obscured i'm just gonna stick to that jacob may have to <laughs> is anything own, obscured his own goldilocks right his own goldilocks yeah goldilocks. right <laughs> too, too hot too cold row 12 was too close <laughs> row 28 <laughs> is too far <laughs> please uh, please weigh in with your thoughts uh just at us at panther Paris on twitter at amber voice too just so everybody uh sees that you're tweeting at him and he'll get some followers <laughs> why don't why don't we talk about the cats now because you know, we've talked a, about uh you know the pa but we've had you on before and you have some thoughts on the panthers you want to get off your chest too i'm sure so we're coming off a, a stretch where they they had points in eight of nine game or they had a nine game point streak i think it was or am I getting this mixed up? Whatever. Basically, they won a bunch of games. And and one until Calgary, but they won know, a bunch yeah. of games and tied a game in Dallas. Uh, shootouts don't count. Shootouts do not count. So it, it was going remarkably well. And then, you know, they start this long road trip in Canada and kind of face plan in Calgary. They lost five to one. It was just one of those nights where Calgary got every single break. And the Panthers didn't like dominate the game and it was a disgrace that they didn't win it. Like they didn't outshoot Calgary, like 50 to 15 or anything like that, but you know, they didn't get any of the bounces and Calgary got all of them. And that's why it was five to one rather than, you know, maybe going into overtime, something like that. Just a a weird season overall. Andrew, what are your thoughts on if, if you're noticing anything different between when they're, you know, in front of you, on home ice versus when you're watching on TV and they're on the road. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say, right. I mean, like, you know, even though it's a COVID season um, it's less of one than it was. Right. So the crowds are relatively back. So home ice is back in full effect. There's a lot of teams this year, Dallas. There are a lot of teams out there who are putting crazy home records on the table and then average to, to below average road records. Um, 
obviously the crowd can't explain all that, but clearly the Panthers are loving home ice. They're loving uh, the circumstances. Obviously there's a lot of advantages that come to playing at home beyond just the game itself. Obviously the last change, all sorts of advantages come your way when you're playing, you know, on home ice. Um, I don't know. It, it's also because it's such a weird season where they've gotten off to such an incredible start too. It's like, one of the really interesting things this year is going to be like, okay, how do you not peak in January? How do you kind of get through the doldrums, the dog days of summer, so to speak, obviously it's not summer, but like at some point when you're just such a good team, um, how do you stay even keeled? Because yeah, no one's going 82 and oh, nobody's going 75 and you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. So how do you not get bored at times when you're just, kicking teams out the building every night like that's one of the things i'm going to be very interested to watch this year is like we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet and and yet you already know that the panthers are a major contender for everything this year so how do they negotiate and navigate um this middle portion of the season where it can be tempting to just be like okay we just won five games in a row by you know five goals or we just won seven games or like how do you keep it going strong every single day. I'm going to be very interested to see how that motivation goes the rest of the way. It's, it's a really weird to look at the splits. Like I know that they're dramatic just in terms of results. Uh, speaking strictly in terms of results, the Panthers have 21 home wins and five road wins. Now they played 24 home games and 15 away games, and they have five overtime or shootout losses on the road. They're only two and five in uh, overtime on the road, five and zero at home, which is something that explains why the, the results are so divergent between home and road. And, and I was actually just looking at it. Something that really jumped off the page to me when I was looking at home and away splits was the uh, performance of the penalty kill. And they're giving up more than 10 goals per 60 minutes on the road at a, on a four on five penalty kill. And that number is it's, less than half of that at home 5.1 10 and a half on the road 5.1 at home that's just and the expected goals the other underlying numbers they don't really explain it i wonder if when they're on the road the thought of you know giving up a power play goal to the other team and getting their fans into the game in a situation like that where you're thinking about not giving up a goal not allowing the fans to get back into the game you know, because they're going to be able to get behind the team after they scored or, you know, after some offensive flurries. I wonder if that's starting to get into their head. You know what I wonder, though, too, is you bring up an interesting point. I mean, what a weird home road split so far, right? Like, obviously, the schedule was home heavy to begin with, but they also just happened to have three or four games canceled on the road as opposed to home, Mm -hmm. which made the split even bigger. Is there something to they're just comfortable now at home and they haven't settled into a groove yet on the road because they haven't played any road trips like this is one of the first long road trips the team has gone on all season. They got another crazy long one coming up in uh, March um, and I'm sure there's another one coming in April. So, I mean, there's something to be said about settling into a groove both on home ice and on the road and they just haven't spent any time on the road yet. So I'm going to be curious to see as they, you know, spend a little bit more time, get a few more road games under their belt because, yeah. when they went out for this road trip, it was 24 to 14 home versus road. That's a wild, they had the most home games played in the league by like three or four games. It was, Mm -hmm. it was a very weird split. Obviously not all of it was scheduling. It was partially the COVID cancellations, but yeah, 
let, I'm very curious to see what happens as they start to settle into a groove. Cause yeah, everything's routine, right? Everything about being an athlete is routine and they just haven't had many road trips. So, you know, let's see how it goes. One thing that is actually kind of interesting to me that jumps off the page is Calgary's split. Uh, they've, they've won five of 13 at home uh, and 13 they won 13 games on the road. Wow. And they have a lot more road games played. They have, they're, they're, they're 13 and nine away and five and eight at home. So it's fascinating. It's, it's interesting to see the reverse there where a team is significantly and they played a ton, worse at home. And they, but they played a ton of road games and not and, a lot right, of home games. So maybe that's routine. I do wonder if that maybe has something to do with Canada being a little bit stricter. Yeah. I mean, you I, saw like we saw last night, right? The saddle dome was a little more empty. Uh, than than we're used to seeing when the Panthers are at home. So maybe that crowd does does have a noticeable impact if you actually look at uh, the records. That's and you know that's that, actually going to be an interesting thing to study at the end of this season. Uh, look over the last like three look over the last three seasons and really see kind of try and line it up with which stadiums had capacity limitations and see if there's a significant impact on teams' records relative to their normal records. That'd be interesting to take a look at. What, what's fascinating about that when you pointed out is that I'm looking at five on five uh, expected goals just at home. Calgary is number one with a bullet in terms of expected goal share Oof. just at home. Wow. Oh, very weird. Super weird. Yeah. I, I have no idea what to make of that. That might be a fun little statistical deep dive uh, as, as th- this, this feels almost like our control group for trying to, uh, objectively prove home ice advantage yeah it looks like their shooting percentage has not been where the stats seem to expect it to be so uh maybe they began that regression last night and uh (laughs) they will continue to climb towards where they should be perhaps so andrew we're, we're almost assured uh that that florida will make the playoffs barring some monumental collapse over the next few months that seems extraordinarily unlikely I'm going to call uh, it. It's, it's not going to happen. I predicted the Panthers. Wow. Look at TJ making a prediction in a positive light. <laughs> a I'm few years there. ago, a few years ago, if the Panthers were in the exact situation they are now, TJ would have probably said, I bet they are going to collapse and miss the playoffs. Well, I mean, those teams weren't good though. So <laughs> this team is I, really good. I do think this is a bit of a tangent. I do think that if you, if you were able in some like, weird space jam multiverse scenario have the 2122 panthers play the 1516 panthers the 2122 panthers would absolutely bully the 1516 <laughs> panthers out of the stadium yeah they it definitely would not would. be close they definitely would I mean, who was even close. on the third line of the 1516 panthers i can't even remember i can't tell if you're joking and i'm an idiot it was <laughs> it was it was like barkov, maybe? barkov was centering the first line yeah, that and then that was, the second that was line was Jokinen, uh, Trocek, and Trocek, Smith. Jokinen, Smith, which was so it was oh, like Bukestad and some Corbin other guys. Knight, I don't know. Maybe who Is knows? That the year they, tra- they traded for Yuri Hoodler and Teddy Purcell. Right, <laughs> That's right. It must have been Hoodler Bukestad Purcell is the third yeah. line. Uh, I think Yuri Hoodler. He might have gotten and... a little bit lost in uh, in the Miami lifestyle. You know what? Given <laughs> things that happened in preceding years or i guess following years the opposite of proceeding proceeding um proceeding thank you uh in the years that followed uh that yeah that probably makes a lot of sense because hoodler was very good and then he came to play for florida and was not very no good. he stunk 
It's unfortunate. So that's but... and and then when you consider things that happened to Yuri Hoodler or things that came out about Yuri Hoodler in the years that followed, that uh, that actually makes a little bit of sense. I'm not going to expand on that, but interesting <laughs> theory, TJ. Google.com if you need it, friends. Yeah, Google Yuri Hoodler 2018 if you need more specifics. Yeah, no, I'm I'm convinced that this this Panthers team would absolutely bully the 15-16 Panthers out of the stadium. I forgot what the tangent was from there. I know I literally you were, say, you were that saying that two years with, ago I would have I would have said this team would have collapsed. Yeah, Jacob was. I think. Oh, he was right. I was alluding to yeah. Andrew. I was alluding to you uh, getting to getting back to announcing playoff games. That's where that's where I was headed with that. How are you feeling? Getting back to the playoffs with a crowd. How are you feeling? That's part of what I mean about how you're just kind of sometimes you go through the motions during the season because you know where you want to be and you know what this team is capable of. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm waiting for because, um, you know, obviously my first taste of it was in my first year. I've told you guys this story many times. How I was just trying to stay alive in my first season, try not to hyperventilate. So I didn't, couldn't quite fully grasp it. Um, and then, you know, in a COVID season, I mean, fortunately we were starting to repack the building, but nowhere near capacity. And so you get the feeling that this, this you know this spring is going to be something else um i yeah that that's where the eyes are the eyes are you know obviously you got to handle your business and you know what with how good this team is playing especially at home they want home ice so there's a lot this is going to be an absolute fight with tampa uh clearly it's still going to be a fight with toronto and clearly it's still going to be a fight with boston there's a lot of good teams uh in the conference and the division um so there's going to be no easy matchups that's also part of how there's eight almost elite teams in the East this year. So, and, and then it's wild ninth. Wow. So it's like, it's, it's, it's good because all the good teams are going to make the playoffs unless something crazy yeah. happens. Uh, but it's bad because even the the one eight, so to speak, is going to be a very difficult matchup for the one um, because there are no bad teams. Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting, but yeah, I am completely chomping at the bit for this um, capacity crowds fingers crossed there's no insane new variant uh that comes out anytime near that because i am ready to go i'm going to be foaming at the mouth calling these things i'm going to be i'm i'm already i'm already ready to get the goosebumps going so um you know i i I always hearken back to to the end of that 2011 12 season if someone actually just brought this up on on twitter the other night and it, it put me back in my memory feelings because I remember being at every home game in the Panthers Devils series in 2011, 12, Mm. which was just such an amazing series. Um, And aside from having a fantastic time, uh, obviously, except at the end, um, I I left there saying, I never want to be here again with anybody else causing these goosebumps on the starting lineups, on the goal calls. I want it to be me next time. And it was the next playoff series was 15, 16, but um, I'm just, I, I want to be that one who everyone's like, you remember that, that crazy series back in, in 21, 22, when we were playing, you know, so-and-so in the first round and, and that huge goal happened and Imber came on the mic and he just like belted out that goal call. Like I had goosebumps on my goosebumps. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm ready for. I, I'm so ready to go guys. I'm so ready to go. <laughs> so stay tuned everyone for the Andrew Imber uh, playoff goal call where Carter Verhage scores the first goal of the Panthers postseason against his former team, the Tampa Bay lightning. Oh no, absolutely. In the not. First we're not round? playing. We're not playing the bolts in the first round. That's not happening. <laughs> I don't think so. No, 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 sir. 
TJ, I can't tell if you're saying that. Hey, Alex. <laughs> but Carter Rahegi is better than Steven Stamkos. <laughs> just a quick, just a quick drop, and there can't be an Ember appearance That's where I don't at least say man. hello Amazing. to Alex one of my pops, favorite guests. Rahegi's better than Stamkos. <laughs> Alex, it'd be even funnier if you just left now and didn't say anything else. Are you gonna leave now? <laughs> well. I thought, no, no, we're leaving I thought, this I mean, in I for sure. In the next few seconds, so if you want to edit it out and just leave that as my only... Uh... Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, T- TJ wrong. knows exactly why I dropped in with that little uh, tidbit. Do I not know? Always, man. Um, but yeah, something. no, Ember, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We can move on. Someone in Cheat League uh, used, your, used your tongue-in-cheek tweet to uh, say that all Panthers fans are I'm mad I, that Stamkos got into the All-Star. Yeah, thank you for popping in, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> always, always good to talk to Alex. Uh, so I had a, a question for you guys, and I have a feeling that I know the, the answer that Ember is going to have, but it's always kind of interesting to kind of figure out the dynamic of the regular season for teams that like are definitely going to get into the playoffs because you know this time next year, when we look back at what happened this season, we're not going to be thinking about the eight, one, you know, nine to two, seven to one, whatever regular season games. We're going to be thinking about what happened in the playoffs. So are we on a scale of one to 10, one being I'm living and dying with every regular season game and 10 being eh, just skip to the playoffs. None of this matters. Where, where are we now? Uh, is this for me, TJ? For everybody. For both of us, but Andrew, you go ahead and go first. It's a tough question, right? I mean, look, I have two distinct uh, Ember voices. Uh, There's the Ember voice that is still a rabid fan that wants to, you know, question a ref's call. You know, if I, if, if it's against the Panthers, like I want to, I want to join the chance. Like I'm, I'm stand. Sometimes I do stand up now and then I'm in the press box. Um, And uh, luckily I'm in my own booth. So I'm not even like (laughs) disturbing people. So it's nice. Um, so there, there's the the rabid fan season ticket holder Ember voice, and then there's the Ember voice who's doing his job every night, you know, very uh, as unbiasedly it's, unless it's a goal call uh, as possible. Um, and so every night that I go to the arena and I do a good job, whether the Panthers win or the Panthers lose, even if it's if it's not my favorite performance uh from the team as long as i put on a good show and i feel like i did my best and i feel like it was it was a good night for me i take something from that game so and and i have a a whiteboard where every single night i come home and i'm like i I take it off and i have my running count of how many games i've called how many regular season games total games how many wins on both sides i have preseason postseason regular season everything uh I, i have it down to a science and um so yeah Every night I'm living my dream there. I don't take a second of it for granted. I have my, my little motto puck that I, that sometimes makes it into my Instagram stories. It's a little logo that says um, first 32 last. Um, And that's my constant reminder that I keep for myself that I look at every night um, while I'm announcing, because it's the first means that every night someone is hearing me for the first time. um, And I want to make sure they leave with the best impression possible. Uh, 32, of course, is a reminder that there's only 32 of these jobs in the entire world, and you better not take a damn second of it for granted. Um, and last is call every game like it's the last time you're guaranteed to be on a pro sports mic because it is. And so those three things 
always combines to make it, even if it's like a, a marketing read in the second period, that I know that I can't have a letdown. And so I know this is kind of a tangent towards your question, TJ, but it, it might help me answer it in the sense that I'm always there. I'm always present. I'm always, I'm always 10 out of 10 every night, loving where I am and wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Uh, but of course, as you heard my, my previous uh, rant, uh, I am very ready to go for the postseason. <laughs> That was beautiful, Andrew. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's That's just true. it's just a reminder that like, you know, forget about the win and the loss and just enjoy like everything for what it is. Like, you know, Calgary scored the fifth goal it was pretty damn nice and you know, you can make an argument that that Kachuk goal that was deliberate and if it was, that was a beautiful goal as well. You know, just just enjoy everything for what it is, you know, a great game and it's meant to be a game. That's right. You know? I'm, I'm saying that's right to myself. That's my affirmation. <laughs> so Jake, what do you think? I think I, on your scale, because I like numbers, I know shocking everyone, right? That is, that um, is crazy. I, I would say I'm probably at a six, exactly a six. I'm leaning more towards like, I just really want to get to the playoffs. I want to see this team make a run. But at the same time, I really want to be able to enjoy Jonathan Huberto putting mm-hmm. on a show every night. Oh, yeah. I want to enjoy every moment of Anton Lundell's rookie season. I want to enjoy every Eck Blast. I want to enjoy every Carter Verhage. I told you so goal. <laughs> so I, I I want to I want to I still want to enjoy every moment of the regular season. But man, I want this. I just I I really want to see this team make a run more than anything. So I'm at exactly a six more towards the playoffs but still there's a lot of games and a lot of important hockey individually that still has to be played and as yeah. a team yeah well, the good definitely... news is, is there's so many road games you'll be able to sit we'll all be able to sit back and relax <laughs> the second half of the season yeah <laughs> yeah well the good news is though they haven't played ottawa yet on the road they haven't played montreal yet on the road they haven't played you're Buffalo yet. You're damning on the road. this team to bad losses. You, you know you you know what you're doing right now. DJ. They're going to lose at least twice to some of those teams. But I mean, like, do you really think that they're going to go into Ottawa and like the next time they play the Senators and lose that game? Like one loss know, against man. the Senators is freaking. Ottawa enough. and Montreal had the same amount of home wins as Calgary. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you know they had one less on Tuesday. Right. And Buffalo has more home wins than both than all of them. So don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, we gotta we gotta score on Mark Pezik, and that's that's tough. That's oh, tough. Oh, that's gonna make my heart sad. <laughs> or all maybe right. we just trade for Mark Pezik, and then we don't have to score on him. True. Let's get him back. Screw it. As a brand, we would love that. Uh, <laughs> now, Andrew, I, I've got two more questions for you before we let you go here. Uh, yeah. Both have absolutely nothing to do with hockey. Uh, first, I need to know, will you be in Las Vegas on October 22nd? I guess the answer depends on the Panthers yeah, schedule for yeah, next season. That does seem Assuming like a- there is not a home game that weekend, will you be in Las Vegas on October 22nd? And part B, who are you most excited to see in Las Vegas on October 22nd? He's referring to the, uh, the, when we were young, that's what it's called. Yeah, no, I, I assume I that I didn't I have to tell Andrew. About no, you didn't have yeah. to tell Andrew, but I mean, there is probably yeah, a few people that didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Honestly, probably not, man. Like it, it feels uh, like one of those things where it's just going to be, I mean, who knows what COVID's going to look like next October, but right. like, 
yeah, every be... single person that you know and their brother and their sister and their little cousin is going to be there. And it's just like, it is going to be the, I, every single person that I know on social media is talking about this and with good reason. Yeah. Um, of course, I would love to. I'm going to be, you know, tuned in if I can, but it just seems like one of those things where it's going to be what a, a bazillion people like they're gonna have to make up a number for how many people are going to be there um <laughs> and uh god i would have to relook at the lineup but the one that i remember it, it, a data remembers there right yes yeah. they are they just confirmed today that they will be there that's the squad man i mean a lot of people don't know this but um this is going to sound really cool for a second and then it's it's really not <laughs> but um i was in a rock band in high school uh with my bass um shout out strike and moonlight uh that was the name Ooh. of the band and we actually used to play at a location that a day to remember also played at we didn't play the same show uh but we did play a location that they had played before so That's that was so cool. cool um and actually we did play a show with voice winner uh cassidy pope back in the day too oh cassidy yeah hey monday yes cassidy pope went to wellington high school which is my alma mater um and we played one of our worst shows ever at that same <laughs> event where they told us whatever you do, cause we were kind of on the heavy side, a little bit of an influence from Avenged Sevenfold. They were like, whatever you do, no screaming. And oh, so no. <laughs> we were listening to it for a while and then it wasn't going great. And our lead singer decided to turn and somebody in the crowd shouted, we need more metal. And he said, you need more metal. And he went for it. Well, listen to this. <laughs> and I was I was playing my bass with my head down at that point because I was the only one who went to this school, by the way, that we were playing the show at. Uh, it was wild. But yeah, shout outs to uh, Strike and Moonlight, uh, A Day to Remember, and Cassidy Pope as we, as we dropped some. I, I, some. I have to do it because you said the thing about like I played at the same venue. I, I was in what's called the, the School of Rock in Coral Springs. I, I bet a few people that have, are listening to this we're also there shout out to nink Rin- nink rincon nick was Rin- nick rincon <laughs> nink who was Rin- also Kink. at the school of rock he was a slap on the bass just like andrew and nice. uh we played a uh, a festival like some sort of seafood festival that also had a bunch of uh music <laughs> attached to it and the the headliner was the the late great eddie money so uh r.i.p oh. R.I.P. Eddie Money. We played the, I, the same festival. I lip synced at my high school's annual uh, charity rock show. Uh, that, nice. That's the closest I've got to that. We were, we 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 did one song, uh, totally lip sync. Uh, although I was also on uh, second guitar. Nice. And that I did kind of know how to play. We played the Trooper uh, by Iron Maiden. Again, lip syncing. We I was we were plugged in, quote unquote, for show. Uh, but everything was turned down to zero except for the Iron Maiden track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt really cool. That's the closest I've got. Uh, TJ, that was the show that we were supposed to play at, actually play at, uh, <laughs> except I lost our audition tape. <laughs> I'm actually going through the list here of who's at this show, and I, I didn't see all of them the first time. First of all, I prevail getting pretty high billing, which is kind of nice. Right? That made me really band. happy. They're really good. I love that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, Jimmy World is one of the, the bands yes. out there and they will be playing in Coconut Creek on a day that the Panthers are in Anaheim. So, oh, 
interesting might be but i'm also seeing like i'm, I'm noticing a treyu is very low on the list which is interesting i don't maybe they've fallen off what? it and and berlin yeah, is there yeah and the starting line my goodness i remember they had that they used to have yeah. the, the music video views and stuff and, and back in the day uh, song <laughs> the best of me the best of me yeah yeah that song is rocking yeah that's the one red jumpsuit apparatus oh, oh my god actually like looked at this image very closely i didn't until now I'm like really. Oh, I mean, I would have forgotten. Yeah, about that when this came second. out yesterday, I literally just I scanned the entire image. Story of the that. year. Story of the year. I mean, until the, the jump, day I die. Oh my god. That's like you qualify for until the day I die. A, if you remember them, the banger, bona fide anthem, bona fide banger. anthem. That like even, even though that's the only song of theirs that I know, it is that a bona fide emo anthem. That bit it, it did it, it, that riff there. Oh my goodness, you could internally bleed from that. Internally bleed. You just like <laughs> there's so much destruction from that riff there. It, it's it's fantastic. What I find interesting about this is that it's only one day, and there's like how many freaking bands? There's so many bands. That's what I'm 67. saying. How are they gonna pull this off? How how yeah. are people gonna survive? There's this gonna show? be like 10 stages. There are three stages. Oh my! How are they going to pull this off? Jesus! I have a feeling they're going to extend it to be a sec to be a two day event. They have um, to. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be two days. There is no there. Oh, yeah. neck deep is neck deep um, is actually kind of an underrated. They're kind of a newerish yeah. pop punk band. Yeah, Not newerish, but they've had some stuff recently. I mean, they are newerish compared to a lot of these bands. Yeah, for right. sure. Right. For sure. Four year strongs down there also. Um, I was surprised at how low billing Four Year Strong got, considering they are easily one of my favorite bands on the entire list. This kind of looks State like it's champs. an alphabetical, or, or no, never mind. Because it's no, just Four Year Strong is, is like towards right, the bottom right, right corner. <laughs> TJ was like, AFI and Alkaline Trio are in the top left. So this is an alphabetical order. <laughs> oh, there's the All American Rejects next to them, too. So. Yeah, but that's broken up by Dance, Gavin, Dance. So, like. This is gonna be wild. Yeah, I, this I, is. I'm real. hoping that this show is not the logistical nightmare that it's looking like it is. Oh, it, it I hope it's broadcast it somewhere will. so I can watch all y'all. You know, but it, it, this is a great moment, and let's some, remember some bands. Let's all remember Anne Berlin and yeah, right. Three oh three. How about that? Like that's uh, yeah. You know who's boys you know like girls? Disappointing that's not on this list because they're no longer together. Yellow card. Jay's big yellow, yellow card, card broke up. Am I dumb? Yellow Did I miss that? What the hell? Unfortunately, yeah. We saw them what together. Did that happen? You, they released an album not that long ago. I think it was a ago. few years. Yeah, that must have been the fan, final think one. The Warp Tour was their last. I think it was their last show. Oh which wow! Is yeah, so depressing to me because there's no one else like Yellow Card. I know we're way off topic here, but like, but that's I mean, the parade. That violin just hits so different. Yeah, it. I mean, they found a niche and they just ran with it. It was so good. They have so yeah. many amazing. They actually have a violin that I haven't learned to play yet because I was like, someday I want to do these crazy riffs in the background of a rock song. But you know, it's just amazing. Well, stuff. you There's... have a different four stringed instrument to, to to jam on. Very so, <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely some. Yeah, I would love to see some Breaking Benjamin here, some Green Day, some Sum Forty One. I love Green Day. Were you at the uh, the yeah? Yeah. The Hella Mega. I, I'm really hoping that... Uh, no. That's the second podcast in a row that you've managed to work in the Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout. Oh, that's right. Show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, TJ. 
it was it was that two podcasts in a row you were able to drop that show it was Um, a time that they they were all three of them were together yeah i really wanted to go to that one too i just didn't feel comfortable because that was last year and i didn't feel like that Although, I mean, it was at the Hard Rock and I'm going to Red Hot Chili Peppers in August. So second podcast in a row where the exact flow of conversation of you talking about that show and me talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers show. Yeah, and the Strokes are opening. Uh, we are One Direction. Uh, not the boy band, the, the, the wind tunnel. Jake, uh, that's what makes thing. you beautiful. Thank you. But I don't know that I'm beautiful, so... <laughs> I know approximately four One Direction lines. That happens to be one of them. Andrew, the second totally hockey unrelated question I have for you is we are about a week away from the release of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Who are you who who are you picking as your starter in that game? Oh man. Okay, so admittedly I'm less up to date with the new Pokemon stuff than I am with the rock band stuff. Um I actually did not get as much as I wanted to. I I held off on the uh the remake of of um diamond and pearl diamond and pearl which is a shame because I, I happen to love that generation um and i will get it eventually um you're gonna have to remind me who the starter choices are mm. on arceus the see first of all according to this game it is arceus not Arceus. oh okay uh, which is it's gonna take some getting used to <laughs> i i still go back and forth now i'm trying to get used to it because arceus doesn't feel right to me but no, it that's how it's pronounced uh, you've got uh, Cyndaquil, the Johto fire starter. Uh, you've got uh, Oshawott, the Unova water starter. And Rowlet, the uh, Alola grass starter. Wow. I would probably go with um, probably Oshawott. That's, that's the otter, right? Interesting. The yeah. water otter. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm usually partial to grass starters. Bulbasaur is my all-time favorite starter in any generation. Um, I'm usually very, for whatever reason, I, 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 I seem to be very high on the grass, low on the fire, and then the water oh, is very hit. you're high fire, on the grass, all reason. right. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, it's, well it's Pokemon, people. It's well Pokemon. Stay in school. It's Pokemon. Um, <laughs> Say no to drugs. My grandfather died of a marijuana overdose. I will love you now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So given that I didn't really play a ton of the newer generations, which is where uh, Rowlet comes from, I would go Oshawa. Yeah, that's my choice. Interesting. Going for the Jotos. You know, it's a death. Really? But there was... We we could do an entire podcast about that. (laughs) I'm having trouble... (laughs) Being like, oh yeah, I remember that that fire one was easily my choice of the three. Interesting. I, I tend to be higher on the fire types, lower on the grass types, and water tends to be in between. Interesting. Um, although there is one very notable exception to being low on grass types, and that happens to be Rowlet. Is not Bulbasaur? No. I, I like Bulbasaur. Don't get me wrong. Uh, best starter in Gen 1 by a long shot. Oh, okay. Uh, but Rowlet happens to be my second favorite starter Pokemon of all time. Wow. Only behind the Torchic line. Interesting. So I am very excited to be able to experience a new style of Pokemon game. So you heard it here first. Jake starters. does not like Mudkips that much. Not <laughs> not compared to Torchic. Of the Gen 3 starters, I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> Torchic was my f- from the starters and, and first, second, third choice. I mean, we could debate it to death for sure. Uh, Andrew, would you like to see my 211 page slideshow on my top 10 favorite Pokemon by each type? Um, <laughs> that is a thing that exists. You say 211 it pages? Is 211 pages. There are eight know. types. It's my top 10 favorite Pokemon of each type plus an additional section for my top 10 favorite legendaries. I will definitely you know yeah <laughs> that, is, that is why i won't I, be offended if you say no but that slideshow does exist we might have to we might have to do a spinoff at some point about this because i'm intrigued there's some good off-season I, content. I would absolutely love to do a full like gen by gen favorite starter i would love to do that um we have TJ, that we TJ, have who our, are you starting with in pokemon legends we have our backyard baseball stream still we got plenty I, of yeah and there we, you we go yeah we have to do our pop punk podcast also, TJ. That's true. We do have to do <laughs> yes. that. We got to talk we, about the starting line. Tonight. Are you a bigger fan of, uh, what was it called? Uh, the one with all the like the film references. I can't remember what the name of that was. Or 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 Say It Like You Mean It, I think was the other one. Of starting line albums. Oh, man, I wouldn't even. I would have to go back and, and look at the track list. I, I'm I don't familiar even with, with the starting line by album. <laughs> No, I, I know the starting line by song, best of me. That's gotcha. it. <laughs> you know, Not uh, even by songs, by song. Exactly. <laughs> TJ, there, there are only there, there are two albums that I can think of um, that are general that are generally movie. I guess there are more than two. Two bands that have generally uh, movie movie named songs. Uh, the first being Panic at the Disco, because a fever you can't sweat out is very uh, inspired by the movie Closer, starring Natalie Portman. The other one being Four Years Strong names a lot of their songs after movie quotes. Yeah, so does Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco. Yeah, I mean, all their titles are like at least 10, 10 words long, yeah. right? Like, I know what you did last... Every song's like, I know what you did last summer, but don't throw water on my fire or something like I feel like that. <laughs> what andrew andrew what is your favorite choice test for that i would rather make them up to be honest top of my head uh i constantly thank god for esteban my panic and let's go <laughs> a good one i feel like we could do that with panther games like uh man i don't know like i gotta i gotta take a few more seconds to like you know get back on my mumbo number five pitch but uh there, there's also the fallout boy classic our lawyer made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued fun fact that <laughs> song was originally supposed to be called something along the lines of ladies and gentlemen here are the temptations or that band that did <laughs> my girl something along those lines anyway i just thought of a, a random question let's say that the panthers instituted individual goal songs but they went up to you and said, hey, and I know this will never happen because of the way the NHL deals with own goals. But let's say you got to choose the song whenever there was an own goal. What oh would you God. choose? Need some prep for that question. I'm going to have to think oh, about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just bringing on in, in on you goodness. out of nowhere. So it's it's whenever the Panthers score, but the other team put it in is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like an own goal. Wow. Um. I feel like I should just give something off the top of my head and then I'll probably give like a more thought out answer in the middle of like Jacob saying something <laughs> in the outro. He'll be, he'll be closing the show. I'd be like yellow card, but like, you know, uh, 
the first thing that came to my head was like 50 cent in the club. Like, I feel like, Oh, that's a good one. That, that would be, you know, cause it's just like, so go, 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 go. go like, I feel like go, everyone go. could really, it, <laughs> cause it needs to be something like it's your birthday. Yeah. Like it needs to be something that kind of mocks the other team. Cause obviously if, if they put it in, in their own net, like it's gotta be like, you know, we just did this on them kind of thing. So so that that's my first answer, but I feel like I'm gonna interrupt Somebody's somebody. Somebody's got to make that their goal song because that's that would be pretty hype. That would be pretty <laughs> hype. Just being like, go, go, you know, party. I, mean, I, I, I think I think my answer to that question that out there. I think my answer to that question of the other team scores an own goal for the Panthers. Yeah, p- counts uh, for the Panthers. Be, would be I'm not okay by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> or something like it wouldn't really work because of I'm I'm not okay, but everybody in the audience is okay because the Panthers just scored. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm second yeah, guessing you on this one. I, but it's it's more targeted at the at the player who just scored on their own goal, though. Maybe it would be like Scotty doesn't know whatever that that song from that movie. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, I guess that's, the lyrics, that's too. Yeah, the lyrics too- would not be PG. More like PG thirteen. I mean, you're you're really getting close to to an R rating on that song. <laughs> it's it, it gets pretty explicit. That is that is valid. That is valid. I, I'm gonna I, stick with my answer. I'm not okay by my chemical romance. I, well, I, yeah, I guess don't... that's the question. Are we targeting the player who scored on his own goal, or is this supposed to be like for the fans? To you can choose either them? one. Yeah. Because for that, I'm I'm sticking with my answer. But if we're going with a jeer song, I need to I need to look it up. You got to get a drop in there. Uh, it's like smooth move, Ferguson. <laughs> they should get Andrew like a Monday morning or not Monday morning, but you know the Radio Shock Jock like soundboard. You can just play like a- <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I I tell you, I don't see it happening. I, I don't either. But- <laughs> I don't either. But like. They God, should try it in the preseason. Andrew, if you could just like play a fart sound at any point throughout a stoppage and play. Someone goes down and it's just like a banana peel. Whoop, right <laughs> I, I don't foresee it. That would be so incredible. Oh, if there was a way that we can convince the team to do that, you know everyone would love to see that. Like, come on. That would be such a great marketing thing to give Andrew a soundboard only for use while there was a stoppage in play. But that would be great, and you know it. <laughs> it. It doesn't seem like I remember back in the day, they would always play like movie and TV clips on the scoreboard at sporting yeah. events, and it never happens anymore. What gives? The Panthers, the Panthers do that in one very specific situation. There are two specific situations. Um, one, if they're down by like a goal with two minutes left in the third, mm-hmm. uh, and two is when they go into overtime. They used to play a clip from any given Sunday. I don't. Remember I think it. I think it's network that they do with the one one goal down, or at least that was the what the Islanders did. I remember because I used to go to a bunch of Islander games when I lived in New York. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't <laughs> been to a game in. Well, I guess that's not true. We, we went were, to the the. Uh, the I haven't game. been to a close game or an overtime game. <laughs> that after. game went to overtime. What game? <laughs> the capital game. What capital game? The one that we went to. What are you talking about? <laughs> the five to four win over the Capitals. When was this? Like mid-November? I think it was late November. No, we went the, the last game I was at was the Ottawa game, the eight. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Eight, one loss. That was more recent. 
But we went to that Washington game before that. They won 5-4 right. in overtime. They had a 4-1 lead. I think it was November 30th. It was like one of the last days of November, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> Yuho scored in – or not Yuho. It was E2 that scored in overtime. Are you sure I was there with you? And not yes, you were. Else? So was Mo. <laughs> Andrew was Are there. He like, remembers. Well, I was of course there. Andrew was there. Uh, <laughs> I stopped by. This is this is a this is a uh, Mandela effect. The Panthers never played the Capitals. They I never beat them five to four. And do overtime. not remember this. Hold on. I'm I'm like I'm going back in my. Uh, I I was screaming at Tom Wilson about how bad he was, and then he scored an I, own I'm goal. I'm literally in, in, in my in my wallet right now, looking at okay, December fourteenth, Saturday. Andrew is my witness for all this. <laughs> okay, I do have two tickets for Capitals versus Panthers on November fourth. Okay, we why do I twice. not remember being at that game? We did play them twice in November. Yeah, yeah. The the other one was also I have five to no four recollection win. of that game. I remember the eight-one loss against Ottawa, and I remember the preseason game we were at. Speaking I have of that, no recollection of the Washington game of that Capitals game. Is that like? Wait, no, that Washington fan. game. That hold on, that Washington game was Ovechkin and Barkov were both three goals away from. That's something. right. That's right. Barkov scored twice, but Ovechkin I, only I scored Ovi, once. Did he? Okay, uh, he did. Yeah, he right. scored. It was kind of a, a goal by Spencer. But as I was going to say. We were we were talking about that five to four win that was actually in regulation, even though they were down four to one in the third period um, later in November. Andrew, was that your favorite moment, like as a fan of the year, or does something stick out above it? Because I mean, there have been a lot of great moments, so I wouldn't blame you for having one above it. I think if I think my favorite moment this year was the was was it opening night against Pittsburgh? Is that the, the first game we were yeah. down a, few, a couple of goals with like a few minutes left and we came back and, and scored two late and, and Ekblad was in on like both of them and going nuts. Yeah. And it was it was just like it was it was that early season reminder of like what we couldn't do back in the day, but like what we did do last season. And and it was just a reminder that last season's team was still here and they were still on a mission and they were and and no lead was going to be safe against this team. So I think that was probably my, was still my favorite this year was just that that early season comeback that that nothing's safe against this team. Okay, Take that that that, that early on, season uh, win yeah. is is such a sweet taste because you you didn't know that taste for like three four months and <laughs> then you get it back and it's just. <laughs> And they've done a lot of winning, so we've tasted it quite a bit. I mean, the I, I had at one point I looked at it. The number of months between losses that counted was wow. It, it took until the Kraken game, which was was it November, I think, at home. And I, I said to somebody, I was like, "This is the first loss I've called in a meaningful game since Game Two of the first round series against Tampa in May." It, it was like. Six or seven Six months. months is crazy. That's awesome. It was amazing. It's been amazing. And I and can't wait to continue see, to see the be building. Amazing. Exactly. I can't wait to see the building on fire the rest of the year. And I think that is a great place to wrap this episode. Andrew, before we let you go, why don't you plug uh, plug where everyone can find you? Absolutely. Um, I am pretty easy to find at Ember Voice everywhere. So it's at Ember Voice on Twitter, at Ember Voice on Instagram. And even on Twitch, if you want to come play Jackbox or Marbles or even Oregon Trail one night, uh, sometimes we jump on 
on Twitch during road trips and stuff like that. So those are my three uh, go-to. Oh, are you going to do it on this road trip? I just might be on this Friday. Yeah, I just Ooh, ooh, you know what? That's a good idea pregame. Got to get hyped (laughs) up. It's a 10 o'clock start, people. So That's right. That's true. We've got some time. If you want to, if you want to stream a, uh, a 1v1 Pokemon battle, Ooh. I'd, uh, I'd be interested Ooh. in that too, Andrew. Oh man. Wow. Consider this my challenge to you. Yeah. I think you're a ringer. Gauntlet is thrown. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us tonight. As always, great. it has been wonderful. I always have a great time with you guys. Thanks so much for having me. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, TJ, where are we having them rate us this episode? Please rate us five stars on Airbnb. Perfect. (laughs) Rate us five stars on Airbnb. Thanks, everyone. Go Panthers. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.